0: All right. This is getting sort of crazy here. I, I'm starting to see things that may even look like the end times. Not really. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, the GS Plumbing Talk line is one 800 905 The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. I am streaming live currently on the WORD Facebook page. And the podcast, of course, is at On the Odyssey app and at 989WORD.com. One of the things in the tactical community that we have been anticipating that, I mean, they were even describing this back in 1990 in my last SEDA briefing, is the multi-point coordinated terrorist attack. And we saw that in Mumbai. And we saw a pre-coordinated attack in uh, Kenya. But it hasn't happened here yet, which here is a very wide open target with our wide open uh, border and all the other things that we have that are currently wide open. This past Friday, a bunch of law enforcement officers rode in heavy on a teenager, 17 years old, in contact with the al-Qaeda splinter group. And he somehow had managed to get, uh, the, the characterization here is access to a significant number of guns and was building bombs. This is according to FBI special agent in charge, Jacqueline McGuire. Now, first things first, the fact that ATF and FBI and all these other uh, DOJ and all these other alphabet agencies are going to be dealing with this bothers me because they they clearly, uh, they don't do too much of this here lately. And I, I, I'm not real confident they're going to deal with this because Here's the problem with this, and uh, he conducted general research into potential targets that weren't confined to one location. Now, I want to know about the, quote, access to the material and the guns and the items and a lot of the stuff for uh, putting together an IED. Because he bought a lot of wiring and chemicals and devices often used as the detonators. When I was 17 years old, I was making $4 an hour. And even in the 80s, when I was, you know, old enough to, well, that wasn't even the 80s, in the 70s, even in that, in that time, I, even with those prices, I didn't have access to, nor did I have knowledge of how to construct an IED. So this means that somewhere here in the United States, I think, we, we, I, I haven't heard anything about his funding, this would tell me that there's somebody here channeling money to him. This particular splinter group is called Karabat al-Tawid wal-Jihad or KTJ because Qadabat al-Tawid wal-Jihad just rolls right off of the tongue. It is an Al-Qaeda affiliated group that primarily operates in the Idlib, Idlib province of Syria. So he was using Instagram as his messaging platform and they intercepted stuff that contained terrorist propaganda and guidance on committing to criminal criminal acts including how to construct a bomb he appeared to be taking steps to travel overseas for the purpose of joining or supporting terrorist activity so (laughs) now i don't know about you but right now, today's economy, I could not afford to go back to Germany where I was stationed right now. So being able to fly overseas is a significant amount of funding to have, you know, you know, disposable income, that kind of thing. What really makes me unhappy is that the Philadelphia District Attorney Larry Krasner is, uh, is going to be in charge of this. And he's going to be bringing state charges. And uh, he's going to be uh, he's actually going to be doing things that you would consider a attorney general would do. His charges will be weapons of mass destruction, criminal conspiracy, arson, causing a risking catastrophe, attempt to commit criminal mischief, possession of an instrument of crime and reckless endangerment of another person. He's also filing a motion to go after this kid as an adult. And this will be this could be escalated to the federal level. But as of right now, only the 17 year old has been charged. But this should be very concerning, right? As we just witnessed here, most people are not ready for any sort of an attack, nor should you have to be. However, this is the world that we live in today. And in this era of everything is okay, and there are no limits, and uh, you could be whatever you want to be. They're going to be looking for the misfits on the terrorist side. They're looking for the people that don't fit in. They're looking for the people that would have an ax to grind with society. And they're giving a lot of vague answers to this. Um, And one thing they do recognize is that this is sort of a, it's a scary shift in the way they're radicalizing Americans. Um, but they, they have a timeline. They have a timeline on this. A WhatsApp account linked to the suspect's phone number had a banner of Riyadh Salahin Martyr's Brigade, a Chechnya-based terrorist group, as its profile picture. That was changed on August 6th to, 6th to an image of the ISIS banner. August 7th, FBI special agents observed him buying materials to make IEDs and recovered those items from his household trash. On August 8th, Customs and Border flagged 14 international shipments of military tactical gear to the suspect's home. August 11th, a warrant for his arrest was approved and two residences tied to him were searched. And they were surrounded by, uh, you know, a lot of tactical, tactical teams and armored cars and KTJ was officially designated as a worldwide terrorist group in uh, 2022, and while it does operate whenever they can get out and radicalize somebody afar, see, they don't have to be have to project force. They can just get people to become sympathetic to that which they're doing. And right now, there's a lot of people that would be sympathetic because there's so many of us that are just so confused as to what is going on today in the world. And those kinds of people are ripe. Ripe for the picking. Where this, uh, you know, the, the, the most, uh, let's see. Looking at their resume, they carried out a suicide bombing on the St. Petersburg, Russia metro in April 2017 that killed 14 people. A second bomb was found and defused. They also executed a suicide car bombing of the Chinese embassy in Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan, in August 2016 that wounded three people. They're not exactly uh, what I would call a major league player, but that's the thing with these splinter groups. You don't. There's so many of them, and they're all flying under the banner of ISIS. So you know. What concerns me is that this guy has people here. We just, and they probably know this. I'm sure they know this, but this kid could not operate in a vacuum and be ordering this kind of stuff and finding this kind of stuff without some sort of guidance. So I don't know where the shipments were coming from. Apparently they were coming from overseas. I don't know uh, how much money we're talking about, but it was enough to consider traveling to take training overseas. And he's 17 years old. I don't know anything about his parents. I don't know anything about the house. Uh, you know, apparently there were three residents searched. They were, they were on to him and that's good that they were paying attention to him. I'm almost, almost, you know, you sit back and say, well, they're so, so politicized nowadays. Could they actually do this? Well, they have in this particular case, if all of this turns out to be true, which is also a, in, in this day and age, this becomes a sort of a problem. Because what are we to believe, you know, misinformation is something we get fed all the time. I don't think this is, though. Because actually something like this is past due. So, anyway, having said that, uh, we got to get to that in, uh, we'll get to that in the, got somebody online, we'll get to that in just a second. So hang on if you will. This is News Talk 98.9 W.O.R.D. And to the phones we go, Robert in Greenville. Yes, sir. What can I do for you?
1: Hey, Brother Bill, I told you Super Dave would go in with me. I knew he would take out the shooter. He said he would assess the situation if he didn't have anybody with him. And that's Dog Whistle. He's going into the shooter. I knew I could count on Super Dave. I knew it. We
0: well, didn't. You, you're, not, you're, you're not. You're not quoting. It. You're not quoting the other parts of the things he said, though, right? What's that? You're not quoting sorry, the other parts I he did. said. The other parts he said was that he, he would go after the shooter if he saw him. Right. And okay. He, well, he, I mean, he, running he, he,
1: depending he, if he, he was by himself or not. Well, he said that by himself would be a different situation. Well, yeah, and but I mean, he, he also said that if situation. he did not
0: have if he didn't have the shooter in sight, he would not go after him because of what it would and, and do. And Bill,
1: you didn't tell him I said I would either shoot him if I saw him or trap him off. You left that part out and you left out the part we drew short straw first on the scene. Those are the two key things that I told you. Last, uh, yeah, but Robert, Friday, you're not—you're
0: not somebody. You're, everybody is first on the scene there. Having a gun means you can respond if you want to, but that doesn't make you first on the scene. Yeah. You're not there in any official capacity.
1: Bill, if you—if you're there before the police, you're first on the scene. Sure, yes. everybody That's is. Everybody there is. I everybody there is.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. Do, and, do and you carry a trauma kit by hide, chance? Hide, do you carry a trauma?
1: Back, we go after him.
0: Okay. Do you carry a trauma kit, and, by and chance?
1: And it's not about a hero thing. You I'm you you, you, had better, you had better you had better
0: you you had better start conversing with me instead of talking over me. Okay. Do you carry I, a trauma I'm listening kit? To you, do you carry no? Well, stop telling me you're listening to me. I've asked you a question three times. There will not be a fourth.
1: What what's the question? Say it oh.
0: slow. Oh, do you carry a trauma kit? No, sir. Okay. Uh, I don't. Okay. And. So while you're out there, while you're out there being Captain America, would you think people are going to be getting shot? You're going to run by people that are wounded.
1: Yes, sir. I'm you are. You're going scared. to
0: run by people who are wounded. You're not going to stop. I'm and render sorry.
1: Aid. I'm going to try to stop any more bloodshed. Okay. I oh. think that takes okay. that takes precedence. Okay. And it's you know it's a tough you heard
0: what you wanted to hear, Robert. You heard what you wanted to hear. <laughs> Okay, you he didn't hear. Well, I talked to him for an, him an, an hour Dave about this. On the
1: phone and let let me ask him. Oops. Let me ask Super Dave. I was texting you, and none of my texts were read. Sunday, lock and load show. Lock That's and load. Is, that to, that show really
0: aired live on Friday, and that is uh-huh, a replay uh-huh. that is done by.
1: <laughs> That's not fair, man. I thought it was a live show. No, no. I do a live show here called
0: Straight Talk, lock and load that they carry at 10 I'm not live at 10 p.m. on Sunday. Nobody's awake at 10 p.m. on Sunday.
1: What a bummer. (laughs) Yeah, so. Man, that is a good show. I'm telling you. Super Dave, I heard him in his first interview with you, and he was chasing a nine, rolling across a glass tabletop in the middle of a discussion on weapons. I knew he was SOF, soldier of fortune, when I heard that.
0: Well, I mean, one thing about, uh, one thing about special operations. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, um, here, here's the thing uh, with, with if you're going to play fire and maneuver, because what we're what we're describing here is fire and maneuver. First of all, Nobody, nobody should, Super Dave also said, no, I'm not going to be running down the middle of a mall with my gu- with a gun in my hands to where everybody can see it. He said that too. He also said that he would not, you know, where he goes, uh, Super Dave is actually in prepared for whatever uh, may come up, which means you're carrying a trauma kit because you may not be able to assist everybody, but what if you get shot? What if one of yours gets shot? So, you know, um, even Batman has a utility belt. Everybody plans for contingencies because the primary plan here would be to save yourself and save yours. Concealed carriers in the state of South Carolina have no moral obligation to save anybody other than themselves. And then then there's the other risk because I, I, I'm not really sure what the percentage breaks down to be. But if I'm in the middle of the mall and popping balloons happen and I, there's pr- going to be more than one concealed carrier, the, that being myself, then than that, there's just got to be just based on percentages. But I don't know what the percentage breaks down to be. So then I also run the risk of being shot by a concealed carrier. If I pull out a weapon and go out there and go, I will save the day. Real life is 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 so much less less cool than it's made out to be. Gunfights are dirty affairs. They are very dirty affairs. There there are there's no such thing as a flesh wound. There's you know, people get shot, they go into shock. People who shoot people go into shock. (laughs) Even when it's justified. They go through a, a host of physiological changes and everything that's all temporary none of it good by the way unless you think running around having a crying jag while you projectile uh, vomit is 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 all cool and groovy you know it's not like sunny Crockett at all so you know on the text line I you know I, I see here's the thing I'm not I'm Robert I'm not I'm not disputing your courage. That takes a lot of courage to run into that, but you have to be smart about this. This is what fire maneuver is. Nobody doing fire maneuver gets out there and says, I'm going to do it this way and I don't care if I get killed. If you're an asset, why would you waste an asset? In the military, we weren't out there going, I just can't wait to get killed. On the text line, Bill, if you're running down the mall with a firearm, some other cowboy might mistake you for the shooter. That is very true. That is very true. Super Dave and I both, we would we would do something that is referred to as bootlegging, uh, which is, you know, in football, when the quarterback fakes a hand off, he puts the ball beside his hip and sort of drifts out there and then takes off. And nobody sees him with the ball, that's the bootleg. Well, you, you're not gonna do that with a handgun. You're probably gonna stick it up under your shirt. So nobody can notice that you have a handgun. So uh, that, that's, that's, and that's what you would do. That's, that's what a smart thinking person would do, an operator would do. But there's a difference between being an operator. An operator knows that you're not running to fire. You are maneuvering to fire, which means you're looking for cover, 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 cover. And you're going to each one of those. It'd be really nice if you had a partner to go with you. That'd be another thing. If the shooter's right there, okay, fine, I'll engage. If the shooter's not right there, guess what? I'm doing the duffel bag drag heading out. The, and I carry some very nice guns, and I'm just not going to use them in that instance unless I can see and identify the shooter. There's not going to be a chance for somebody to mistake me for the shooter. Let me put it that way. So. <laughs> That's, that's, that's uh, you know, when, when Super Dave and I were discussing this, what we were discuss, discussing were contingencies and how that particular idea was not a good idea. And anybody wants to go back, if you, if you hear where Super Dave says, yeah, that's a splendid idea, I'm going to go do it, I'm running right now, full tilt, full speed. I'm, I'm going to go back and double listen to that, but since I conducted the interview, I pretty much know what Super Dave said. I'm pretty clear on that. Guess what? The bill is coming due for the Blue Sanctuary Cities, and oh my, I don't know if they're going to have to make installments on this or not. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Ah, When the virtue signalers actually have their bluff called, then the tears, they do flow. The GS Plumbing Talk line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. And the podcast is available on the free Odyssey app. Being a sanctuary city when you're not on the border is virtue signaling, right? New York, they decided to virtue signal. We are a sanctuary city. Okay. Here you go. Now, that's where things become problematic when you actually say, okay, well, here are these people. We have to support them somehow. We have to have services right now. New York Mayor Eric Adams said on Wednesday that if we don't get the support we need, New Yorkers could be left with a $12 billion bill. Okay, balls, tough tacos, brother. That was about, I I almost went to a dump uh, dump, uh, button moment there. That's just tough. Here in South Carolina, we did not call Eric Adams up or Bill de Blasio or Bloomberg or any of these other guys and say, listen, we would like to be a a sanctuary city, but we can't. So can you be for us? And since we didn't, that should mean that we don't have to pay for this ourselves. That's a New York problem. According to the New York Times, over 100,000 illegal immigrants have arrived in New York since the spring of 2022. And, uh, hey, I support bussing them there, flying them there, you know, beam them over, whatever. However you want to do it, because nowhere in Texas, Texas is not a sanctuary state. Now, California is. They can go to California, too. Um, right now, 12 billion is the estimate by summer of 2025. If the flow of migrants continues a pace with current numbers, they previously forecast that the cost would reach more than $4 billion by next summer. So, this is beginning to look like what could be a serious fiscal crisis. You know, they were just now coming down on ice cream trucks. This is probably a bigger problem than ice cream, ice cream trucks. And New York is not the only blue sanctuary city now getting hit by that tidal wave. So, they uh the Wall Street Journal has labeled this uh in their in their words the unfolding fiasco, the blue state migrant crisis. And they cataloged how sanctuary cities from New York to Chicago to DC are now feeling the economic and governmental pressure that's been a fact of life on the border. <laughs> um so Getting out there and when you claim to be a sanctuary city and states that Democrats pulled during the Trump years isn't fun anymore. They're learning how Texas and Florida feel. And if they want relief, they're going to have to start putting more pressure on the Biden administration to close the border. They need to close the border. According to a July report from NBC News 4, the D.C. Office of Migrant Services has spent more than $20 million dealing with the illegal immigrant influx, including eleven point eight on hotel rooms that served as temporary housing. And the city stopped this housing program because it ran out of money. Massachusetts Governor Mara Healy, a Democrat, has declared a state of emergency. She's put out a call for Massachusetts residents to house thousands of illegal immigrant families seeking shelter. We're finally going to run up against the Third Amendment here. Now, Massachusetts doesn't have a sanctuary law, but its courts have effectively made it a sanctuary state. And many of the cities are sanctuary cities. So here's Healy asking for federal aid. San Francisco has an escalating fentanyl problem in large part due to the Hondurans making the city a central business hub thanks to their genuine sanctuary city laws. One drug dealer told the San Francisco Chronicle in July, in San Francisco, it's like you're here in Honduras. The law, because they don't deport, that's the problem. And you look for San Francisco, because it's a sanctuary city, you go to jail and you come out. You got a city flush with tech money. And they have no excuse to be failing, except they have embraced sanctuary city status and the illegal immigration crisis has magnified the heart of darkness there. Texas is not immune to it. Democratic governors and mayors, mayors in Houston, Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, El Paso, Brownsville. All the mayors have been saying that this is a national problem and we need national leadership. This was in solidarity with the other blue leaders that had gotten out there, you know, say, well, of course, we're much more morally superior to you guys. Womp womp, dudes. This is a mess of your own creation. And the White House got involved with it, too, so they exacerbated it as well. And I'm loving watching you guys squirm under the weight. The Biden administration policies keep the door wide open. While they tell us over and over again, "Don't believe your lying eyes," the border is secure. Mayorkas, I every time Myorcas talks, I just want to grab him by his little lapels and start headbutting him in the middle of his little lying face. Media allies, of course, they're doing their very level best to parrot the line. Of course, despite all the lying they've been told, ta- they're coming to uh, coming to understand. The latest media spin is that Biden magically fixed the border after the administration abandoned title, title 42 a few months ago, and that this was never a crisis of all. That doesn't mean that the uh, millions of illegal immigrants who have already crossed our border with little consequence aren't in here doing bad things for the past, You know, that's come in. So the declaration of victory is not only extremely premature; it's it's not even based on anything. any, any it's a fantasy. So, so much for the narrative. And blue cities are begging for federal aid. And Representative Chip Roy, Republican of Texas, had an excellent response. He said, these cartels are emboldened and they're empowered by a president who does not care about our southern border. This president and this administration can go straight to hell. The only problem with that is that they won't be going to hell they're sending the people that live in these areas to hell the regular people that live in these blue hell holes they get to exist in this new dystopian landscape where you've got the governor basically you know like right here i have a room over here that is full of junk if i were in massachusetts Healy would be contacting me going, we know you have a room that nobody's sleeping in that you're not doing anything with, and we need you to house some illegal immigrants. Well, let me think, you know, I can't wait to do it. I'm excited to be a part of this. Of course, I'm not worried about having them in the house or anything. Lawbreakers in the house. I'm not worried about that at all. Let me just jump all over it. Uh, Do you think they would like a queen-sized or a king-sized bed? Should I figure out what it is that they eat so I can make sure that my menu matches theirs? It's all going to come down to one thing. We're just going to have to say no at some point. Absolutely. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. We're just going to have to say no. This has got to end. A lot of this stuff has got to end. We're, this is a stupid time right now. GS Plumbing Talk line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Um, of course, streaming live, if I would push the buttons on the uh, WORD Facebook page. And the podcast is available the, on the free Odyssey app. You know... um. Britain slept in the 30s as the war with Hitler was looming, and Churchill only had a few people that uh, would uh, oppose the incompetence of Neville Chamberlain. One guy was a guy named Lou Emery, a polymath and conservative member of parliament, yet in two iconic moments of outrage against the Chamberlain go- government's temporizing, Emery galvanize Britain and help end the government's disastrous policies. Because he said, he told the House of Commons that they had to speak for England. And this shocked everybody in Parliament, that a guy would stand up and say, this is for the people of Britain. And we need a voice like Amory's now, in our Congress. And we may have a few, okay, but I mean, let's take stock of what we got going on right now. Donald Trump is being hit on every side with everything. And I'm not just talking about the kitchen sink. I'm talking about the bathroom sink and the tub and, you know, the toilets and the sink outside in the garage. He's being hit with everything. And we're going to have to face something, and I'm going to talk about that later. We're going to have to face the possibility that something's going to stick because they're throwing literally everything at him. Did he do anything that any other person has never done? No. but this is this is the East German approach, the Berea approach. Right now, we got seven million illegals in this in the country. We got China. I mean, I, I don't even know if we should call this spying. I should just think we should just say, well, they're you know, they're observing. While, you know, we we had one guy who made $300 million off of the whole pandemic, Fauci. And at the same time, he funded the gain of function of COVID-19, which then China used against us in an attack, except it wasn't an attack because we're their biggest customers. So they were just out there just hurting us and hurt us. They did. Interest rates tripled. Gas prices doubled. Our military is recruits short. They're beginning to say, veterans, tell people they should join the military. No, that's not happening. That's not happening. Because I didn't orchestrate the pullout of Afghanistan. I didn't orchestrate the wokeness of the military. I didn't get out there and say the military is no longer a meritocracy. We are sitting there, we're just sitting here floating listless, nothing, nothing going on. Russia, China, Iran, North Korea, they're moving. The very agencies that are supposed to work in tandem with us to keep us safe, DOJ, CIA, FBI, they've all become a weaponized political thing. The major cities are hellscapes. They've got garbage, and excrement, and people, and violent crime, and every, you know, the very reason to go to the big city, all the shopping, that's going away too, because of all that stuff I just said, and if I get out there and go, there's a boy, and there's a girl, that's it, Uh, well, then, uh, you know, if I get out there and say global warming is not man-made, or destroying the planet. That's, you know, somebody might want to come after me and try to cancel me. That's not gonna keep me from saying it because, well, I ain't getting canceled. And most of us know what has to be done. Even the people doing this to us right now, they know what has to be done. Nobody's gonna tell the truth. We gotta balance the budget. You gotta return to legal only immigration. You gotta restore a well funded but unwoke Pentagon. You gotta have racial unity, not equity. Because if we were a unified people, there would be no need to have equity because we already have got it there. In the various individual guises it will take on. We need to produce more gas and oil. And right now, here in America, some American Leo Amory is growing, infuriated over, over what's being done here in the United States. And to a certain degree, I think Trump may have been that guy. But they're going after him. But the problem is, is that Trump woke a bunch of people up. The red pill effect has happened, and it's happening now in the in the in the in, the, in the, with the, with the leftists that are out there now that are asking themselves, "Have we been doing the right thing all of all the while?" You when when you have to ask yourself that, you know something is amiss. Because while you're out there doing, you you have to do a lot of rationalization to get to that point. Well, we're doing this for for the good of the people, this, that, the other. This government has gone overboard and they have failed you. They have failed you. Time for a change. Well, The New York Times discovered that most people are not really interested in saving the planet as much as they are saving some money. (laughs) This is News Talk 98.9 WORD.